That music is an invitation, an invitation to sit up and join me as we look into God's Word. This isn't your parents' Bible study or some pre-printed material from your denomination. Each episode, we tear into God's letter to humanity to see what would God have us know about Himself, about the world around us, and about ourselves. I am Brother Mitchell from the Discipleship Center, and you are listening to the TDC Podcast. Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it's written, the righteous shall live by faith. Paul starts this section with the thought of not being ashamed of the gospel. This thought mirrors the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verse 26, where it says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my word, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. The word for ashamed in the Greek is epashunomai, and the two root words that make up this Greek word means to be humiliated or ashamed because you've been deceived or you've placed your confidence in something that lets you down. When I was a teenager, we had a party at our house one time, and we got out all of the chairs we could find, including some rickety lawn chairs that probably should have been thrown away years ago. And my cousin went to sit down on one of the chairs, and it bent and folded in on him, and he went down on the ground. And, of course, I helped him up after I was done laughing myself silly. But that's the thought behind the word that was translated ashamed here. Confidence was placed in something and it was a letdown. The only thing that would have made this story fit the word better was if I had known the chair was going to let my cousin down, and I insisted that he sit there. Now, this is why Paul continues on with the sentence, that instead of being ashamed by the gospel, that in fact the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Here are six quick signs to show if you might be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Number one, we're ashamed of the gospel because we're worried about offending people. Number two, we're ashamed of the gospel because we're a man-pleaser rather than a God-pleaser. Number three, we're ashamed of the gospel because we are afraid we can't answer objections. Number four, we are ashamed of the gospel because we don't take the lordship of Jesus seriously. Number five, we're ashamed of the gospel because we don't really believe the gospel is true. And number six, we're ashamed of the gospel because we don't even know what the gospel actually is. As a review of our outline, um, section one, Paul presented his credentials. Section two, he expressed his concern. That's where we're at. And we already went over that he was thankful for the Romans. He prayed for them. He loved them. He was in debt to them. And today, we're talking about how he affirmed his confidence in the gospel. Number one, in verse 16, he says, The origin of the gospel, it's the gospel of Christ. In that same verse, the operation of the gospel is that it's the power of God. The outcome of the gospel, it's the power of God unto salvation. And the outreach of the gospel, in uh, verse 17, it's to everyone that believes. 
Many in the early church age were Jews who were taught from a young age that Jews were God's chosen people to the exclusion of all Gentiles, unless, that is, they converted to Judaism first. But they forgot that the Jews were God's chosen people to be an example to nations around them. Paul quickly explains that salvation was first to the Jews and also to the Greeks, in other words, to the rest of the world. Now, with the watering down of the true gospel of the Bible, many people have a misunderstanding of the nature and substance of salvation. Now, verse 17, while being a strange way of describing salvation to our modern hearers, is still a very clear description of salvation. It says that God reveals his righteousness and salvation from faith that he gives for faith that the hearer might believe in that those righteous through their belief will continue to live by faith, believing in God's righteousness. This doesn't really leave any room for attaining righteousness through any work, such as praying around beads, saying a sinner's prayer, offering a sacrifice, giving money, getting baptized, church attendance, or anything else other than the faith that God grants us. Additionally, this doesn't leave any room for believing one time and then continuing to live just like the world void of faith does. And finally, this doesn't leave any room for having faith and then losing faith. Either you have been given faith and respond by faith and continue to live by faith, or you've deceived yourself. We'll talk about repentance more as we go along, but imagine life as a long road, and you're going the wrong way down it, heading towards hell. And suddenly, Jesus calls from the other direction and says, Come, follow me. And you stop, and you turn around, and you make a choice that you will follow him, or you will ignore him and continue heading in the direction of hell. And that's the difference between being a follower of Christ or being a false convert. Hearing Jesus' call does not save you. And stopping in the middle of that road and turning around to consider him is not salvation either, unless you take that first step and follow him by faith and continue to follow him, showing that faith was real. Unless you have that kind of faith, then you deceive yourself and you're still on your way to hell. It's not until you put your whole trust in him and continue to follow him does it prove that you've been given the faith and the grace for salvation. The Discipleship Center and its subsidiaries, TDC Aquaponics and TDC Farm, are a registered 501c3 charity serving in the not-so-beautiful city of Kankakee and its surroundings. Have you or a loved one been struggling with substance abuse, chronic unemployment, need some work experience after a recent incarceration, or just failed to move on to a more productive phase of life? There is hope just around the corner with the Discipleship Center, where every life matters and we strive to fulfill the Great Commission, one life at a time. Check us out on the web at www.discipleshipctr.org today.